I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. I'm joined today by Joe Cook. Joe is the Inside Texas beat writer uh, for the Texas football team. He was in Ames this weekend and then uh, with... Uh, not only Steve Sarkeesian, but also several players today at the presser. And uh, as usual, I check in on Mondays with with Joe to really get the temperature of the room uh, and uh, hear if there's any uh, specific uh, information that came out of that. Clearly, clearly the number one issue that came out on Monday is that really the number two receiver at the University of Texas, Josh Moore, who got into a, you know, uh, a on-field spat, a little bit with uh, Steve Sarkeesian a week ago during practice uh, is transferring. uh, And that is confirmed by Steve Sarkeesian. And this is after Moore apparently set out the first quarter, but then entered the game in the second quarter uh, against Iowa state. Uh, What exactly were the words that Sarkeesian used any kind of color you want to add to that, Joe? Yeah. He was asked directly about Joshua Moore's status. Uh, and man, what a story Two uh, twin brothers from Yoakum, Texas. One goes to Texas, one goes to A&M and both somehow end up in the transfer portal uh, during their careers. But he was asked directly about his status and uh, Sarkeesian mentioned that he, he plans to enter the transfer portal. So uh, just a, a, after a pretty poor month uh, of football from, from Joshua Moore outside of the, the touchdown versus Baylor, um, it, it kind of all snowballed. And as a result, it looks like his Texas career is over. And a few of the players they had available today, uh, Luke Brockermeyer, Cade Brewer, Mora Ojimo, uh, basically all, all got the question and all uh, were well-trained by the uh, Texas media relations staff and you know, wished him the best, said he was a good teammate, uh, you know, hoped the best for him. And now they got to focus on the guys that are still in the locker room. Yeah, I, I think about that, and 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 here's the reality of it. Um, you know, Josh Moore uh, clearly wasn't happy for whatever reason. You know, did he really perform up to par? Well, I mean, he, he made a nice catch against Iowa State, and really didn't get wasn't gone back to. At the same time, it's clear that he hasn't uh, uh, always been a a great player uh, against Baylor two weeks ago. You mentioned the touchdown catch, but. Uh, you also have to remember the touchdown drop and the, the volleyball interception um, and maybe some other things as well. I Look, uh, and, and Morris had some issues off off field uh, previously as well that, that you're well aware of and our, our fans, uh, Texas fans are, are well aware of that kept him out for an entire season. Uh, but at the same time, uh, it brings me back to a question, and this is the one I wonder if Steve Sarkeesian really tackled, is, you know, what does this do to the receiving core? Um, what does it do to his plans and recruiting? What does it do uh, knowing that probably the number two receiver on the team is now, you know, headed to the portal? Yeah, it, that's a really good question. And here's the answer, I think, is we're going to see 12 personnel some more. Uh, right now, I guess, I mean, I, I was looking this up earlier. 
the top five. Hold, hold on one, Joe, Joe, just for everybody to understand, because a lot of people don't understand our vernacular, 12 personnel is one running back and two tight ends. Correct. And, right. and, two, yes. wide, yeah. and, and yeah. two wide receivers on the field. Yeah, so I right just want to make sure they knew. Yeah. Right. So right now that looks like it's going to be Xavier Worthy and Marcus Washington. Uh, Calvante Dixon starting to get some snaps, but now who's that fourth receiver? Is it Kai Money, who has not really played in meaningful snaps? Is it uh, Casey Kane, who we know very little about? Um, is it, I guess, I mean, he's a tight end, but is it Juan Davis and them trying to get him involved as a receiver? I, I, I think right now you're just going to continue to see more of Cade Brewer and Jared Wiley. And the, and the point I was starting to make was that uh, I looked it up, Texas top five receivers uh, from the 2020 season. I think it goes Josh Moore, Brennan Eagles, Jake Smith, Tariq Black, and Jordan Whittington. None of them are going to be available uh, or are on this team uh, at least for this upcoming week and possibly for the rest of the season with, with Jordan Whittington's injury. So uh, Steve Sarkeesian is going to have to make chicken salad out of something uh, with the receivers outside of Worthy and Washington. And I don't know if that those players are on the roster right now, which again is why I think they'll, they'll run a lot of two tight end sets in these coming weeks. I'm going to say this, you know, I'm all for putting more people on the field that act like they belong there no matter what the alignment might be. Um, Josh Moore's body language sometimes was really poor. I mean, you can say yes or no to that, or you agree or disagree, and, and you can even contemplate the, and critique the value of body language. Uh, but, but that was some bad body language. Marcus Washington uh, has been an improved player this year. At least you, you see that he gives it everything he has in, in blocking. He, he batted down a pass, though, against – uh, against uh, Iowa State. Kelvante Dixon looked unprepared, in my opinion, to play in the big time. I mean, he didn't look good out of breaks. He didn't run a route that was clearly would have been a completion if he would have just kept running. Um, and so what they're going to do at receiver, I'm, I'm unsure, but I'm more for getting people on the field that I think belong there. And so if Jared Wiley and Kate Brewer are doing the right things in practice, because the one thing I don't want to see, and I think other Texas fans don't want to see, they don't want to see the utter collapse and the other utter almost lack of caring, it felt like, that we saw in Ames on Saturday night. And, and going to that next fact, and this is something you wanted to hit on uh, when we were talking prior to, to recording this conversation, Joe, you wanted to talk about leadership, because that's something that that uh, was mentioned today in the presser and uh, by the, by the uh, players as well. And Tell us what you heard and what you think. Yeah, so uh, Steve Sarkeesian was put on the spot. Basically, who's the a-hole? Who's the guy that's going to, you know, get in somebody's face uh, and, and not be afraid to be, you know, unpopular for a few minutes and let somebody know what they're hearing? And the person, uh, the couple players that he brought up uh, were Rashawn Johnson and, and DeMarvin Overshone. Well, DeMarvin Overshone was just listed as day-to-day uh, after hobbling off the field in Ames. Now, he came back to play, but if that's your guy on the defensive side of the ball and he's not there, well, that's a problem. And then Rashawn Johnson, Steve Sarkeesian, mentioned uh, after the game in Ames that he has uh, been dealing with turf toe. He also gets four touches a game. So if your two leaders are a guy, at least for this upcoming week, who isn't going to be able to be on the field, has been good and not great, or a guy who has another talented player ahead of him, 
uh, and deservedly so, then who, who is it? And I think that's that's one thing I, I, a lot of people this past week have been talking about how much this team really misses Sam Ellinger. Uh, and a lot of that has to do with with some of the off field things, because if there was ever a problem, people could look at Sam Ellinger. Now, if there's a problem, who do you look at? And if, if it's those two players I mentioned who may, you know, if they're on this, if they're either, you know, holding their helmet, not playing or potentially even in street clothes, uh, who do you look towards? So I, I, there, there seems to be like a very clear uh, vacuum right now. Um, and even guys who have been on this team for a while, like Cade Brewer and Mora Ojimo, and uh, you know, th- those guys have been there for a while and they, they do pretty well, but do they do well enough to be able to MF people and get in their face? And I, the answer seems like no. And it's played out that way this year. Joe, this is a good question for you, right? Eric Nalin and I talked yesterday uh, about the, the kind of the state of the program. And one of the things that, that he has also mentioned in the Humidor, uh, our insider scoop column that comes out on Friday, is that he feels like that the leadership is possibly there, but it's the, the vocal leaders aren't necessarily deserved of the leadership because they don't produce on the field. So some of the guys telling people to go hard in practice aren't really the guys that are the leaders on Saturday and because they're either a not starting or B not good enough. Cause you know, it's one thing to lead by example, right. Or another thing to have vocal leadership, but you want those people that are vocal leaders to also be on the field to actually, you know, showcase their actions. And it sounds it sounds remarkably similar to what you're describing, I guess, is what I'm saying. It's that those two things to me go together. And if we saw anything in Ames, we saw a team without leadership on the field. I mean, uh, I, I you can sit here and, and say, well, if the coaches didn't do this. or the I don't I don't even know that to be the case. I know what I saw in Ames was uh, it, I don't want to say they gave up, but they sure sure acted like it. Right. Um, and, and one of the things is, is like, look, this kind of parlays in the quarterback conversation. I, I think if you ask people on the team, they'd say Casey Thompson tries to be a vocal leader. Well, he just got pulled. Hudson Card, you know, even in, with his videos with Inside Texas and even in other media, uh, you know, availabilities has talked about how he knows he's a lead by example guy and not the most vocal guy. That example hasn't been good in his opportunities. So if you're on offense and you you there's no reliable, I guess power player at quarterback. You have Bijan Robinson, who's great, but doesn't seem like the get in your face type of guy. Like wh- where does it where does it come from? And and that's a big issue. You know who's going to be that person who sees three and out, three and out, three and out, and and says, guys, enough. It can't always be Sarkeesian. And it looked like in between the third and fourth quarter, he was trying to. You know, really, I, I pulled the binoculars out and looked on the sideline, and he was going fire and brimstone. And if, you know, it sounded like that's kind of what he did or wanted to do in post game too, and it had little effect. I, I guess at some point, there's got to be a good enough player who is also a good enough leader to to step up. And I, you know, maybe that's not on this year's team, and maybe that's a a year one problem. No, uh, you know what it is? It's a complete and utter indictment of the players that Tom Herman brought in, in my opinion. I mean, just to, I mean, I'm not saying that, that I'm not saying that this is entirely Tom Herman's fault or some crap like that. I'm not trying to, 
But that is an indictment on the players inside the program, period. I mean, I, I don't, whether it's because they transferred, they got, so, they acted soft, they wanted something easier. That's an indictment on the players, Joe. Um, it's not an indictment on the coaches. Those coaches have been coaching 20, 30 years somewhere else and have had success. They're not green like Tom Herman's staff was. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's crap. I mean, that, 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 is, that tells me that, you know, what do those guys have inside of them to go play football uh, and play it for the love of the game as opposed to the, the fear of looking bad or something? I, I don't even know how to explain it um, in, in any other way than that. I will take exception to one thing you said. Um, and that's that Casey Thompson looked looked bad. Uh, you might think he's the leader, but did he look bad? Because he, I think that was his – he was so off, and maybe you couldn't necessarily see this in, in Ames. Those were such bad throws. Like, I, I think he could have made better throws in seventh grade if it weren't for his thumb. I think, he's, I think he's, his thumb injury is, is a little bit more than maybe people are giving credit for in – it may have been exacerbated this week because it's it was worse this week than it was against Baylor for sure. Right. Um, and so, and and then again, he wasn't setting his feet well. I mean, there are other things that added to that. To your point, but I, I think that's a heavy thing. So let's let's walk into the quarterback conversation because that's you know Kansas is on on the schedule on Saturday, um, coming to Austin, uh, going to be a group of recruits there as we know. What did Sarkeesian say exactly about the quarterback situation between Casey Thompson, Hudson Card? Did he mention anybody else, you know, Charles Wright or anything like that? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Uh, he was asked point blank about if he has has a starting quarterback. And he said, you know, this is something we're going to evaluate this week. And uh, he always has a, a Thursday Zoom call with the media, and he said that's probably when he's going to have an answer. So that's something we're going to have to track this week is who's going to be taking those those first reps or the majority of those first reps, um, and you know who's going to step up and, and practice. I think the the, the storyline that we all kind of know and that, that makes sense is that when Hudson Card's wearing that black jersey and can't get hit in practice, he, he does pretty well and can push the ball down the field. Well, when he doesn't have that black jersey and is liable for contact, we've seen it play out both in Ames and in Fayetteville that his, his game struggles. But we've seen what Casey Thompson has done these past couple of weeks, that if that thumb injury is still hampering him, and like you said, just how ineffective he was, what, two of six for two yards or something like that, that's, that's a pretty – bad stat line so uh you know this this was always one of my biggest I guess fears for this season is there was a lot to look forward to with Steve Sarkeesian uh but he never really had a true quarterback battle like this whether it be at Washington at USC uh or, or even at Alabama he, he still had Nick Saban kind of still above him as that last voice when he was head coach the the options were always pretty clear uh, who quarterback one was going to be and how it would always play out. 
This is the first time really in his career he's overseen as head coach a true battle, and we're here in November, uh, and it's still going on, and there's not a clear-cut winner. I, oh, I think that I think there actually was a clear-cut winner with Casey Thompson probably before his thumb because Hudson Card did not, you know, even though he started the season with Card, Card did not acquit himself well on Saturday night, and I know it was an ambush of sorts for him to come in and Ames plays a probably one of the two best defenses, the three best defenses they played this year, along with Arkansas, uh, uh, Iowa State, and then Oklahoma State, probably the three best defenses they've seen this year. Uh, Casey Thompson did look better than Card looked in those other games, though, when Thompson was uh, appeared somewhat healthier. Um, you know, I, I I look at it, and I, I feel – a couple, couple things about Hudson Card's performance and get your take on this. Hudson Card, he escapes right every single time out of the pocket. And, and I don't know if you've noticed that or not, but I, I feel like somebody should ask uh, Sarkeesian at the next presser, you know, have you talked to him about not escaping right and limiting his, his, his field at half the field when he could, there's a several, there were several times on, Saturday night, and maybe this comes with more time of playing and more experience in, from card, but there are times that he could easily step up and step forward or step to the left as opposed to stepping out and to the right where he keeps more field open. But that was probably the mo more than anything in that game. That was the most disconcerting thing for me uh, watching Hudson card. He was bailing um, right. And it looked like Spencer Rattler part two, to be honest with you. That's exactly yeah. who it looked like. Um, any, were there any specific critiques that you heard either from the players or from Sark on, on Hudson's play on Saturday? Not, not really. Uh, that, I guess, I mean, there, there are a lot of questions that were asked today and there, the, the quarterback ones could only go so far with all the other concerns on this team. So, uh, not really. And I, I'm, I'm thinking about the point you're making is, you know, what's the chicken, what's the egg? We've talked about how left tackle, no matter who's been there, has been not great this year. And Junior Anglau's played well. I think Jake Majors has played pretty well, too. But no matter who's played left tackle, there's been an issue. So maybe, I don't know, does that does that have something to do with it? And of course, Hudson Card needs to step up and not out because that's what's what you're supposed to do when the edges collapse around you. Um, so maybe, I don't know, it, it's there's a lot of problems with this Texas offense this year, as, as you're well aware. Uh, whether it be line or tight end or receiver or quarterback or you know where, wherever it is. Yeah, I would I would I would challenge the whole junior angle out has played well this year. I, I don't agree with that. I don't I don't know that any offensive lineman at Texas has played what I would call well. I, I mean I think there have been a couple that have been average. Uh Ang Anglau still is is a mess in pass protection whenever it comes to twists on his side and gave up another one. I mean probably the number one negative thing uh, from the the other day that 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 I just keep remembering to myself and Joe, you were there, is when Texas is backed up on third and ten or whatever, they run a rollout to the to the left. Hudson Card gets his gets the ball batted down by Will McDonald, incomplete pass. Yet and so the third and ten is just nullified. But there are also two flags on the play, holding by Christian Jones and holding by Junior Anglo. At that point, you just – I mean, if you're a coach or a fan, you just throw up both hands and go, Uncle. What do you do? I mean, yeah, it's like I, I don't know what else to say. All right, so 
So what you're, let's move forward now. What you're looking for for storylines this week are who's going to be the starter at quarterback. Right. Um, are we going to see more of a one back, two tight end set? Or maybe might we see more two back sets with one tight end? Um, if they were trying to get Roshan Johnson back on the field, if he's got a turf toe injury. Um, anything else you're really looking for that, that you heard out of the players uh, or anything like that? Well, I guess, you know, they are playing a team this week. They are playing Kansas, and whether they're 30-point favorites, 30-point underdogs, this is a Texas team that can't look over anybody. And I think Sarkeesian, I mean, he said the right things. He said, hey, this team almost beat Oklahoma, and if it weren't for Caleb Williams making the play of the year, then they probably lose to Oklahoma, or they, they lose to Kansas. So, and they're four and five. They can't, look, they can't overlook anybody. Uh, and what seems to be a, a down conference this year. Uh, so I, 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 that's what I'm looking forward to is, is hearing uh, not only what we'll get a handful more players tomorrow, we'll get Steve Sarkeesian again on Thursday. Uh, I'm just curious to hear if they're going to take this Kansas game seriously because Kansas under Lance Leopold, they, they run the ball. They in Texas normally shows that they can handle that well, but the offense starts going three and out again, then you're going to put a tired defense on the field and they're going to start running it again. And, you know, it, 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 I don't, I don't think it will spiral just because it remember it is Kansas, but they have to make sure that doesn't happen. And that's, that's what I want to see, especially with, you know, the 15 practices on the line, have to having to win two of the next three, like there's, there's no really no margin for error uh, in these next couple games. I don't care if it's Kansas. I don't care if it's year one of him, uh, of Lance Leopold, like they, I just want to know that they're not overlooking this team. Interesting, because I do think there's one other thing we need to watch on, and you just kind of hit on it in, uh, tangentially, and that's injuries, right? Because Bijan is day to day. They said today, uh, Sark said today, Alfred Collins day to day. There was somebody else, uh, Demarion uh, Overshone, correct? Yeah. So injuries is probably the third thing we need to also talk about, other than, outside of just Kansas generally. All right, Joe Cook, uh, beat reporter for Inside Texas. Thank you for your time today. Once again, this is Bobby Burton. I'm also from Inside Texas. Please join us over there on the message boards. We're there daily. Also, please consider subscribing to this uh, podcast or video cast on YouTube. There's a little uh, button on your bottom right there. We are really, really do need uh, subscribers for the channel. It helps us with advertising uh, as we produce these. Uh, for Joe Cook, I'm Bobby Burton. Thanks again, and uh, we'll see you again tomorrow. Bye-bye. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.